0: Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Vineyard Church of Baton Rouge. Whether you're with us in person at the church or online, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're with us. If you're just checking us out and this is your first time, I want to introduce myself. I'm Jeremy Pleasant. I'm the senior pastor here, and I'm really glad you're here with us. So we uh, today we are ending our series on uh, looking forward. It was a quick series uh, that we started a couple weeks ago it was just three weeks long and today is the final one um, as next week uh, we begin Advent and we're going to be uh, doing uh, the same Advent series along with the entire Vineyard and so I'm very excited about that um, and so I'm gonna, we're going to send out some information about it soon but there's going to be some activities for us to, uh, to do together um, corporately as a church but also for families and individuals to do as well and so be on the lookout for that uh, next week we do start Advent um, right after Thanksgiving and so that is coming up. And we're looking forward to it. So if you did miss the last couple, uh, the first two messages of the series, I would encourage you to check them out. Uh, Lauren's message last week was great and uh, uh, was really helpful as, as we're kind of moving ourselves forward um, in this series. And so we've been uh, in this series looking at Philippians 3 and 4. And today we're going to look at uh, the the, uh, the next part of Philippians 4 and talk about kind of what gets in the way of us looking forward and, and how we position ourselves to be able to look forward. And so today I want to w- w- what I want us to be able to walk away with today is to to know the peace of God. When I say know, I'm using like the the, the biblical word know, which is kind of this intimate knowledge to intimately know the peace of God as our guard when anxiety says otherwise. To know the peace of Christ and hope for what's ahead as we focus our minds on what is true. And finally, to look forward with thanksgiving as we discover contentment through the power of Christ. And so this is what we want to walk away with today. And so we're going to start in Philippians 4, uh, 4 through 13. That's going to be our text for today. And we're, we're going to break it up as we go. Um, but I'm going to read this whole passage now and then we'll begin to break it down and, and see uh, what God has for each of us today. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord uh, in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. It's a long passage, but you know we're we're looking at this uh, we're looking at this letter and this you know this letter was read out loud to the church you know in these four chapters that we kind of call them in scripture and so we're we're look at this uh, this larger section of the letter as as one whole and see how that helps us move forward and look forward and so we're going to start with Philippians four six and seven and just this this little bit I, I'm changing translations for this um, to help us understand in a different way. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. So we're looking at the first piece of this passage. And so don't be anxious for anything. Don't worry about anything. You know, the, the anxieties and worries of the world or the anxieties of tomorrow, they, they put up a wall that we can't see over and if we can't see over this wall what we usually see as we look ahead is not a story filled with hope of christ but a story driven by the anxieties that want to rip everything away you see the anxieties that we experience are like they put us in in this prison and so that wall that comes up from these anxieties keep us trapped they keep us trapped in, in kind of a, a present fear, a present circumstance, and doesn't allow us to look forward, to hope forward. And so we're, we're given an instruction. Don't let the anxiety steal the joy God has given you. It says, rejoice in the Lord, rejoice. Don't be anxious. Do not let the anxiety steal the joy that God has given us. So instead, pray about every situation. With thanksgiving and with petition and then the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and guard our minds. And so really with, with this entire, um, you know, with this entire past, we could actually break this up into like its own three weeks. But we're going to talk about it all in one. And I want to talk about this, this use of the word when God says, um, I'm sorry, when Paul says uh, in the scripture and the peace of God will guard your heart. So the Greek word he uses there is is a specific word. um, and, And so while it's translating as to guard your heart, he's really talking about kind of a military guard. OK, so like imagine centuries, right, that that are guarding an installation or, or that are guarding a particular person. When, when, when we see in the scripture it says and God's peace will guard your heart, this this guarding, this peace is providing a protection over our hearts and over our minds from the anxieties that what that that want to come in against it. And so as anxiety presses in, like an enemy force coming to take over a city, God's peace will stand as a military guard, not letting anything in. Like I just imagine being in a place and knowing that I was vulnerable and what would happen if there was just a string of Marines all around me standing guard. That would, that would make me feel a lot better. Let me tell you. I'd feel a lot better with that. And that's what we see in this picture. When we pray in this way, when we pray with thanksgiving, when we pray about the specific things that are plaguing our hearts and minds, God's peace will come before us and will guard us against that anxiety like a military guard. This 19th century theologian, M.R. Vincent, said this. When we pray, we must always remember three things. We must remember the love of God, which only ever desires what is best for us. We must remember the wisdom of God, which alone knows what is best for us. We must remember the power of God, which alone can bring about that which is best for us. Everyone who prays with the perfect trust in the love, wisdom and power of God will find God's peace. Love, wisdom and power of God. As we pray in this way, the anxieties and fears of what's ahead will be enveloped by the peace of God, giving us permission. And that's sometimes what we need is permission to imagine the future He has in store. So that's the thing that that anxiety steals from us. It, it steals from us our imagination. It steals from us the the this this you know almost ridiculous hope. This the the, the ideas that we that we are too afraid or too practical or too whatever we want, whatever action we want to use to, to, to dream, to hope, to look forward, anxiety, it, it steals that away. And when we pray with the love, wisdom, and power of God, and we pray in this way, those anxieties go away. The joy of the Lord comes, and we have permission to imagine a future that he would have for us. So let's look at this next section. Uh, Philippians, in verse eight and nine, we see this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. And so we have here a, a long list of things that we are instructed to, uh, to think about, right? And so if, if we're going to summarize it, it's, it's we're really looking at how do we focus our minds. Paul is saying, focus our minds on what is true. Focus on our minds on what is right and what is good. And so the first thing we want to do is, like, let's define what is true, okay? We're not talking about facts or fiction right now. We're talking about what God says is true. What God says is true about you, what God says is true about your life, what God says is true about your future. Focus on these things, what God says is true. Focus on what is true and what is right and what is good, what is excellent, what is praiseworthy. And then what does it say? We come back to the same thing, and then the God of peace will be with you. And so we have two sections here, two parts of this letter that that lead and yield to the same thing, God's peace. The way we pray, and how and how we pray, and also what we are focusing our mind on, and another and another letter, the Apostle Paul instructs us uh, in the Scripture to catch to capture every thought that is not of Christ, to capture every imagination that does not come from God and submit it to the obedience of Christ. And so what it's saying is that when we capture every thought, we, we take it, we grab hold of it. If it's a thought that is not true, if it is thought that is not lovely, if it's thought that is not right, we take it, we grab hold of it, and we submit it to the obedience of Christ, to the truth of Christ of what he says about us and to us. And so as it instructs us, as our mind strays away from what we see in this passage, Think about what you have learned. Think about what you have been taught. Think about what the truth is and then shift your mind to that. I I think of it like this idea of um, when you're trying to say, you know, you know, when you're trying to access a website, you know, it could be Facebook, whatever. um, And it takes you to the login page. Right. So that's called a redirect. And so you're trying to get to a particular page, right, on whatever website you're trying to access that work or something, and it redirects you, and it says, nope, access denied, we need you to do this in order to access that information. And so that redirect is what we have to do in our minds. When we find ourselves thinking about things that aren't on this list, we have to do a redirect. We're like, nope, access denied, bring it back, let's focus to what is true, what is noble, what is admirable, and focus our mind On these things you see we all have stories stories that narrate our day our interactions our relationships our life circumstances these stories lead to more stories which lead to actions and these actions create a reality these stories give us hope for the future or they don't and so what story are you holding on to is it God's story so we, we, we tend to have three options when it comes to these stories. We have the story we're telling ourselves for any number of reasons. We have the stories that the enemy is telling us because he wants to get us off track and wants to keep us in chaos. And then we have Jesus' story about us in our life. And each one of those paths leads to a different result. And so what story are you holding on to? What story is active and in in, in your life right now? And what story do you need to close the book on and and open up the book of God's story for your life right now? All right, let's look at this last bit in verse 11 through 13. I'm not saying this because I'm in need for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Our value as humans, as people of God, is not found in what we have or in what we materially lack. We can position ourselves to remain in hope, looking forward to what God has because it's not dependent on our circumstances. This is why this passage is just so profound to me. Our focus isn't on what we have or don't have. Now, look, that's easy to say when you actually have something right when when you have enough. And, And yet I want to speak from. From what the position of Paul here, he talks about being in need, and he actually knows what that means. He knows what it's like to go hungry. He knows what it's like to not have a place to stay. And yet, he still says he's able to find contentment. Wherever you are, someone who has much or someone who is in need, contentment and a vision for the future is possible. And so, A little side note, this doesn't excuse the church either individually or corporately from caring for those in need. It's actually the the exact opposite of that. You know, the church that that this was written to uh, and Philippi, the, the Philippian church, they were actually in extreme need and still cared for Paul and cared for others financially. No, the larger point is to counter the cultural norms. And the cultural norm is, I will find contentment when... When I have this, when I accomplish this, when I hit this part of my career, when this happens with my family, I will find contentment here, there, when, if. And what, what we're learning here, what scripture teaches us is that by God's strength, even if I have nothing, even if I don't get to where I want to get to, if I don't have all of my desires, even if none of those things happen and I'm in complete luck, I can still be content With God, and I can still look forward in life to what He will do and to what He is doing. The the Greek culture of the time, um, there was a popular philosophy called uh, it was the Stoic philosophy, and it's you know where we get the word Stoic from. And this philosophy at the time would, would 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 advocate that you would remove all cares that you would remove all your desires and have no concern. And then you would be truly at peace and truly content. And part of this philosophy is starting to kind of creep back into our culture. And I bring it up because this was the backdrop of what Paul was writing into. And notice what he's saying here is that he, it's not that he doesn't have concerns that that doesn't have cares is that even though those things are true, His contentment isn't because he doesn't have concern. It's because of the strength that Christ provides. So if anything, we know that it's not about having a lack of concern for others, that that's not the way towards peace. It's not about emptying ourselves of all desires. That's not the pathway toward peace, but that in our approach towards God and that as we we draw on the strength of Christ. He will demonstrate for us what contentment is so that even in our desires, our, our, our lives aren't dependent on them. And so it's it can seem similar to kind of the stoic philosophy, but it's actually two distinct things. And so we don't want to go one way where we're just trying to empty ourselves of, of, of everything and have no concern but we also don't want to go way the other way to where everything we're concerned about is is kind of what happens in the moment, is dependent on our circumstances. But no, we, we're able to look forward because we can find contentment no matter what happens. And it's all possible because of the strength that Christ provides. And so as we look at this, right, as 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 we look at all three of these sections, the what we do with anxiety and how we pray about it. And, and we look at what we focus our minds on and we, and we look at the peace that is promised this and this guard that will be around our lives. And as, as, and as we look at the contentment that that we are, are are coming after at the end of the day, is I can walk into anything if we do what we, we see in this one chapter. If we look at just this one chapter and do everything here, we can walk into anything. I feel like that at the end of this, if I am doing this, I can step into any situation and know that I am okay. I can step into anything that God is going to put in front of me and know that it's going to be all good. And I'm believing the same for you, that you can walk into anything. That these anxieties will not control you, will not trap you that you'll be able to focus your mind on the stories that Jesus has for you, that God wants for you, and that as we do all of these things that we can walk into anything. And so if you had this posture, if this was true for you, what would you look forward to? What would that be for you? All right, it's got a, got a couple practical tips before we wrap up. Over this next week, pick a couple of days, and at the end of a couple of days, write down what occupied your mind the most. Then write down what you have, what you have learned in your journey about that particular thing. Keep that with you the following day and apply what you have learned. And so, uh, for example, if uh, at the end of tomorrow, I notice that I... Um, we're actually going to take it from from the scripture today. If I notice that I was actually experiencing a lot of anxiety tomorrow, I'm going to write down everything that I was anxious about. And then I'm going to say, okay, what did God say about each one of these things? What have I learned through all that I've been taught about each one of those things? Write all that down next to it. Keep that with me. And then the next day, when my mind goes to all those anxious places, redirect it to what God has said, to his truth, to what I have learned and apply those things that I have learned. All right. Number two, identify an area of your life. You are experiencing discontentment. How can you draw on the strength of Christ to find contentment and propel your gaze forward in him? And so I want you to use this, this question as a time of reflection and prayer, but to like actually spend time answering this and, and working through this. How can you draw on the strength of Christ to find contentment in that particular area and propel your gaze forward in him and through him? So right now we're going to enter into communion. Pastor Nikki is going to lead us. I want to wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. Um, I'm praying for you all and I look forward to seeing you soon.